0: Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Uh, talked about so so we love that role we love the the uh, chip on our shoulder the the uh, nobody giving us a chance and uh, we seem to thrive in that uh, capacity and in that uh, in that world so we'll see
1: everyone is picking usc to win apparently everyone is saying caleb williams is going to win the heisman trophy that actually might happen Uh, But will USC just simply walk into the college football playoff, walk right past the reigning champions of this conference? We're about uh, 24 hours away from finding out in the Pac-12 title game in Las Vegas. Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune, covers Kyle Whittingham's Utah Utes football program. And uh, he's on the line with us right now. Josh, thanks for taking time. How are you?
0: I'm well, Judah. How are you?
1: I'm good. Two weeks ago, we had you on. Ahead of what felt like Utah's Super Bowl (laughs) at the time. Oregon, Utah, Austin Stadium, 730 Saturday night. Uh, I remember getting you on the line and and John having the conversation with you. And I was getting hyped. And I I ultimately picked Utah to win that game because I felt like they were a live dog ready to pounce. And it was close, but Oregon ended up winning the game. And at the time, I felt like that was a significant win. And two weeks later, the Utes are in Vegas ready to defend the the conference title again. Uh, Did you think we could get to this point?
0: Uh, I thought we could. I didn't think it was, like, totally implausible, right? After the loss to Oregon, Utah needed a bunch of things. First of all, it had to beat Colorado, and then it needed UCLA to beat Cal, and Oregon State to beat Oregon, and Washington to beat Washington State. Again, that's asking a lot. But all of those things, it felt possible. It felt plausible. And, you know, UCLA beats Cal. Utah is handling Colorado. You know, they're up 42-0 at halftime. But in the middle of that Utah-Colorado game, Oregon is taking Oregon State behind the woodshed. I think it was uh, it was 31-10 at one point. And at that point, I am literally up in the press box at Colorado you know, beginning to scratch out a quick list of, like, which Utah players I think would opt out of a bowl game. You know, that's where things were. And, you know, Oregon State scores. Oregon muffs a punt. Oregon State again. Oregon State gets a stop on fourth down. And all of a sudden, Oregon State wins that game. Uh, Washington beats Washington State late Saturday night in the Apple Cup. And all of a sudden, Utah's back in the Pac-12 championship game, uh, fourth time in five years. Uh, fourth straight time if we don't count the weirdo COVID season. And here we are. You know, Utah has, you know, they are responsible for USC's lone loss, 43-42, back on October 15th. And, you know, there's a lot at stake here, obviously. You know, I've been talking about it all week. I'm sure you have as well. If USC wins, they go to the college football playoff. First time a Pac-12 team will have been to the playoffs since 2016. Utah looking to return to the Rose Bowl after – after they won the Pac-12 for the first time last year. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's been a crazy seven days beginning with, you know, the goings on Saturday, with you know, and with everything that Utah needed. And we've had, you know, a, a pretty, you know, profound, tangible buildup here. And we'll see what happens tomorrow night.
1: What has the emotional uh, response been from Utes fans that you get to engage with, that you're privileged to engage with throughout the season uh, in the last couple of weeks, coming out of the Oregon loss, and now getting ready to to face USC. Are are fans optimistic? Are they bullish? Are they like reinvigorated? Or uh, what's the what's the attitude of Ute Nation
0: right now? It, you know, not to cop out, but like honestly, it might be it might be all of those things. Like it, it's been a, it's been a really crazy roller coaster, not just this week, but like this entire season. Right, the season begins, you know, coming off the Rose Bowl. Right. You got all these guys coming back with Rising and Brandt Keithy and Dalton Kincaid and the secondary, and they begin the season ranked number seven, and they go into the swamp. You know they lose a crusher. Um, you know they get themselves together. They lose another one at UCLA. I mentioned the you know the USC game, and since the USC game, I mean it, it's been it's been quite a few weeks. You know Cam Rising is not 100 uh, percent. That USC game really took a toll on his health. He's had the left knee. Um, he, you know, he, he missed the, he missed the game in Washington state. He sat, uh, you know, warmed up dressed, then sat with the knee Bryson Barnes, you know, scratches out this 21, 17 win, right. Cam it's back up. Uh, Tavion Thomas was, you know, not a, uh, not a completely, you know, bought in member of the team there, you know, there were issues there, uh, you know, Keefe is out for the year, Dalton Kincaid's been hurt. So it has, it has really genuinely been wild swings of emotions for this fan base, highs and lows, you know, the game at Florida again was a crusher, you know, the ultimate high of, of rising on fourth and goal, at the one, then the two point conversion against USC. And then look again, halftime of Oregon, Oregon state fan base is way down. Then they're way back up. And, um, you know, I, 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 think, you know, th- this fan base remains optimistic, if not bullish, that they can, you know, on a neutral field, you know, in spite of USC playing well, in spite of Caleb Williams having, you know, ascended to become the prohibitive Heisman favorite, yeah, I think this fan base is absolutely bullish that Utah can do what it did again, just like last year.
1: Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune. The 43-42 thriller, uh, Rice Hmm. Eccles. How much of that game, if any, do you feel like we can take and apply to the matchup on the field tomorrow night?
0: Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about that all week. Like, if we think back to last year, you know, Utah beats Oregon at Rice-Eccles. You know, they smashed them, right, 38-7. And then the rematch in the Pac-12 championship game was only 13 days later. So you can't really have wholesale significant changes within a 13-day span. But this time around, you know, the first Utah-UFC game, That was six weeks ago. And you can make significant changes to, you know, your play calling, even some of your personnel. As I said already, you know, rising is is not 100%. He is not the player right now that he was on October 15th. Um, Again, Tavion Thomas is not around. Uh, Dalton Kincaid has has a a lower back issue that that he suffered at Colorado. So, um, you know, what can we glean from October 15th? I think from a Utah perspective, you know, the defense over the first four or five games was, you know, was not, you know, was not great. Okay. On October 8th, they give up 500 plus yards of total offense to Dorian Thompson Robinson at UCLA. And they lose that game in the first half of the next week against USC. Caleb Williams was terrific, right? Throws for 225 yards, three touchdowns, USC's in control. And then beginning with the second half of that USC game, something clicked with the Utah defense. You know, they simplified some things. Uh, Morgan Scali, the defensive coordinator, called some really timely blitzes. Guys, you know, made plays. And since the second half of that game, Utah's defense has been very, very good. Even in the Oregon game that they lost 20-17, to the defense was really good. The defense did not let Bo Nix, you know, really do much of anything in the second half. You know, the offense just couldn't, you know, couldn't get over the hump with rising, but the defense has been really, really good. So if we're trying to glean something from what happened on October 15th, I pointed to the defense. That was absolutely a turning point in the entire unit's uh, uh, season, quite frankly.
1: Josh, I like to look at point spreads. Uh, admittedly, my handicapping of college football point spreads has been wanting this season. Uh, not, not seeing it well, Josh. Not seeing it well. Uh, that being said, when the line came out, USC two and a half, given the hype and just the the, the way the, the national attention has swelled around USC, I said, that's it? Two and a half? Yeah, and then it yeah. got to three for a brief moment. I'm looking at seizures now. It's back to two and a half. Did you have any reaction to that whatsoever?
0: Yeah. So I forget which sports book I was looking at, but I saw one of the books opened it at one, which I which I thought was completely crazy. And I, I don't remember where I saw that, but somebody absolutely had it opening at one. And then, as you alluded to, Judah, it you know it, it opened other places at two and a half. It's gone two and a half, three. You know, I I like you also pay attention to the point spreads. And when I saw that, yeah, I was a little shocked. You know, it, it felt like a low number. But then, you know, you start adding some context. Again, Utah is, is going for a second straight title. They've been to, you know, four title games in the last five years. It's a veteran-heavy uh, veteran Utah team, at least on the two deep, again, with rising and the tight ends and some of the receivers and most of the secondary. So it still feels low to me. Like, I think USC is going to win this game. Uh, but yeah, I would agree that point spread. At least when it came out, it it, it absolutely felt low to me. Um, I've kind of talked myself into it not being so low, but like be that as it may, I do think USC is going to cover that number tomorrow night.
1: What is the latest with Tavian Thomas? I know he's been in the news this week.
0: Yeah, Tavian Thomas is uh, no longer a member of the um, of the Utah football program. Uh, that came out. He announced it himself on social media last Friday, one week ago. So he is citing uh, a toe injury suffered in the Oregon game on November 19th. Uh, you know, he's shutting it down, uh, getting ready for the East-West Shrine Bowl, which he has accepted an invitation to, getting ready for, for the NFL draft in April. Um, you know, tough year for Tavion Thomas. There was a lot going on there. You know, his uh, uh, the, the aunt who, who raised he and his siblings – died in late September. Uh, he took a trip back to Dayton, Ohio, where he's from to, you know, to deal with the family stuff. He, you know, he hadn't been home in, uh, quite a long time before, you know, before he got home. And then, you know, there was a, uh, a suspension, uh, for disciplinary stuff. Um, you know, he had a, he, he had a, uh, a lesser role, his role increased lesser again. Uh, he did not travel to Washington state. And then, you know, against Stanford on November twelfth, he looked better in the Stanford game, better than I'd ever seen him in two years. Right, twenty-two carries, one eighty-two scores, and you thought, you thought that Tavion was, you know, quote-unquote, back, right? But you know, that was that was not the case, right? So you had Stanford. He had, I think, sixteen or eighteen carries against Oregon, and that was the season. And you know, it's a it's a complicated legacy for you know for Tavion Thomas, right? He. He was a late Juco get in the spring of 21, and just this revelation last year, right? He had some ball security issues early last season, but it came back around to him uh, 1,100 yards, uh, a single season program record, 21 touchdowns last year, just a complete force of nature down the stretch for Utah, and unable to replicate that this season, you know, for, as I've said, you know, a, a variety of reasons. So, um, you know, 2021 was special, you know, for Tavion. Uh, 2022, for a variety of reasons, was uh, you know was quite a mess.
1: Josh Newman covers the Utes, Salt Lake Tribune. George Kleofkoff, Merton Hanks gave their little uh, Zoom presser uh, this morning. I, I'm sure you were a part of it. Kleofkoff was asked about the importance of USC. Make it the college football playoff potentially. I thought his comments were interesting. Uh, here's how the commissioner sounded earlier today.
0: I, I think it's incredibly important that um, or one of our teams makes the playoff. You know, it's been one of our goals and we've been building a multi-year football strategic plan to make that happen. That, that said, I don't have a rooting interest tomorrow. We, 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 we love all of our teams and we think there's a great opportunity for multiple of our teams to be in the year six bowls. Um, and we're taking a step forward compared to where we were a year ago, and we'll take a step forward again next year.
1: It's very important that a Pac-12 team makes the playoff, Josh, but George isn't rooting for anybody in particular. Uh, <laughs> how, how are those comments being received uh, in Utah today?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, people are not naive to what's going on. Uh, look, do I believe it, that the commissioner like has a rooting interest per se? I would like to think not. I would like to think that the commissioner is not going to walk into Allegiant Stadium rooting for USC. But at the same time, like, you know, I remember when he first showed up as commissioner a year and a half ago. And one of his primary things in his very first media session was, we need to be committing to football. We need to get our teams to the college football playoff. We need to be performing better than we have. And here we are right? USC has done enough to get to the college football playoff. And if USC gets to the college football playoff, it benefits George Klayoff's league greatly for a number of reasons. It's more revenue. It's more eyes. Your flagship football program, at least for the next two years until they leave, your flagship football program is out front leading your conference in in the second biggest media market in the United States. Furthermore, if USC gets to the playoff, That means that another Pac-12 team, presumably Washington, gets to the Rose Bowl, which means you have two Pac-12 teams in the New Year's Six. So, again, like, do I believe George Falcoff is, like, rooting for USC? Like, not in so many words, but let's not be naive here. It benefits his league greatly, greatly if USC wins tomorrow night.
1: Last thing for you, Josh, I don't know if you're one for picks or predictions or if uh, you're asked to do that type of thing at uh, the Salt Lake Tribune, but I'll ask you, how do you think it goes tomorrow night? What kind of shape of the game are you expecting? Uh, Do you you have a winner in mind or at least a game flow that you think is in store?
0: Would you believe me if I said that you're the first person to ask me that this week? (laughs) Literally the first media person to ask me that this week, which I find... I, insane. I'm I would serious. not.
1: I would not believe you. I would
0: not believe. I, you. I'm dead serious, Judah, But I, anyway, unfortunately, um, we,
1: we have like one minute too, Josh. So of course, I opened you up for that when uh, with when we're up against the course. clock. But go ahead.
0: Of course, I do think there. I do think there will be points scored tomorrow night. USC's offense is too dynamic. I understand what Utah's defense has done. USC is playing it at a different level. I believe it's going to be high scoring on the level of what it was October fifteenth. I think this time around, I think USC gets enough stops to do it. I'm going to go USC 42, Utah 35 tomorrow night.
1: Josh Newman, thank you. Thanks, Judith. Appreciate it. There he is, Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune. Bounce to break, come back, react to that and more. BFT on the BFT Radio Network.